something like that for a few days. And this was, again, it took them like weeks to achieve this. Ukrainians still occupy some high ground in the, uh, in the southern parts of the town. And they're, uh, you know, calling in fires against the Russians. And the Russians are not having a good time. With it. Hey, John, if I may ask, um, do you foresee the Russian forces launching another offensive? Um, in an attempt to reclaim more land, or are they just looking to consolidate? I mean, I get the sense that they'll probably try to press on to Seversk and, you know, Bakhmut through that line, and then probably to Slovyansk and Kramatorsk. Um, whether or not they'll succeed, that's an open question. I suspect, as at least as I'm not sure about Seversk and Bakhmut, I, I, I strongly doubt they'll be able to take Slovyansk or Kramatorsk. Both cities are veritable fortresses at this point. Um, and they're not easy to encircle given the geography and the relative positioning of the front lines. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that there's a reasonable chance they could take Seversk or in Bakhmut if they're willing to, you know, bash their head into the wall enough times. But I, I doubt they'll be able to take Kramatorsk or Slovyansk. Thank you. I want to hear more about the M270s and the impact they may have on the battle space. And Portland, I see you're still up. Thank you for joining the space. Um, do you have something to add? Um, you know, you if you have specific questions, I can answer them. But like the the broad strokes of their strategic implications, I think are are already well laid out. Right? These are twice the throw weight. Um, very, very good systems. Um, you know, I, I really can't say enough good things about them. They definitely give you the ability to, um, to do very, very concentrated support by fire when you are on the offensive. Um, go ahead. No, I was just going to follow up and say that when you say they have twice the throw weight, are you saying they have twice the firepower? Yeah, yeah, they carry two missile pods instead of one, so they carry twice the number of missiles per launcher. And we've seen the HIMARS operate in pairs, so I'm guessing, this is a pure guess, but they'll probably operate these in a single, you know, maybe alone. But uh, what do you think, Portland? I would expect them to be operating um, either in pairs or as single vehicles, but separated by no more than 10 kilometers. So at need, they can concentrate and absolutely whack the shit out of a single high-value target if they uh, if they find anything that's juicy enough. Portland, when you say twice the firepower, if I am quoting you correctly, forgive me if I misheard, um, can you elaborate on that? So, in other words, our high Mars... Um, at MLRS is like a double HIMARS launcher. Correct. It, it, it has two. It can support two pods, whereas HIMARS, the M142, can only support one pod. So 12 missiles instead of six missiles are otherwise identical. Thanks, Joseph. Thanks, John. Kev, please go ahead. Or Slava, please. No, no. Kev, go ahead. Thank you. Oh, no. Um, actually, um, I, I, I was going to take my hand back down. Um, People are talking about um, long-range um, GPS-guided um, MLRS systems um, like HIMARS or, or, or um, any of the British systems or the, the, the weird European systems. 
Um, they first of all rely on GPS. Um, if GPS goes down, um, then they re- rely on INS. Um, you know, um, I'm sure uh, Paul, Paul, Portland is probably rolling his, his eyes here. Um, but there is there is what is called a graceful degradation um, of uh, the of the navigation of a weapon to the target. Um, so if everything's great, you know, it's it's a really sunny day, you know, uh, you, 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 you've got visibility of 12 GPS satellites, um, you are literally going to fly through the front door. Um, if you are undergoing uh, jamming or spoofing of GPS, um, if you've got no um, access to um, any kind of nighttime star guidance, um, if you are in a heavy electronically jammed area, then you are basically just throwing a, a weapon um, and unless you are very, very good at making that weapon and telling that weapon what to look for, i.e. giving it um, a camera um, and you, 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 you have really planned this attack, um, you know, like turn left at 42nd Street and you should see like a two-story building and a four-story building. Don't hit the fucking hospital. Don't hit the um, maternity ward. Hit the military base. So, yeah, I... I I, yeah, I've, 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 I've just, I've just kind of lost, I've, I've, lo- I've lost my shit. This is the first time that I've spoken tonight. Um, thanks, guys. Um, happy to answer any questions. Um, when I've stopped, uh, when I've stopped kind of crying, but um, yeah. So, with uh, any kind of weapons, um, there is a graceful degradation. So you don't just say, right, okay, we're going to hit this house. Um, the West and Russia um has that capability. Um, but when you just start like throwing strategic weapons um, at a city, you are going to kill civilians. You are going to have two-year-old young female kid dead in their prams. I mean, we've all been here before. We're we're all very emotional, and and um, yeah, I'll um, <laughs> I'll um, I'll see the floor. But uh, thank you for uh, thank you for letting me speak. Thank you. Hey, Kevin, if I may add, um, your voice is welcome in this space. And everyone has come up and spoken for the first time. Um, so please uh, feel free to express yourself and uh, join the space. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that, that, that means quite um, well. That, that, that means the world. Thank you. Uh, well, thank you, Kev. Uh, just a, a quick question for both yourself and for Portland. My understanding of uh, Gimler's, and uh, I was hoping that either of you could correct me on this if I'm wrong, is that even without the GPS guidance, the INS system alone is more than capable of providing within, with enormous accuracy the numbers that I saw indicated that what it's what a two to three meter CEP was. No, GPS no, no, and... no. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, so, um, initial navigation system, um, it depends on the distance, obviously. Um, but you get drift and error, and it depends how many INS that you have. Um, most Western systems have like three, and they will outvote each other depending on you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if you haven't got GPS, um, if anyone wants to know um, what happens to GPS uh, during wartime, uh, just send me a DM. Um, but the 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 whole point is that um, we can place weapons. Um, Within a CEP of, of of you know say five meters, I mean that 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 that's that's kind of good enough. Um, but um, yeah, it's it, it. So 
INS, once you launch the weapon, if it starts to drift, you could launch it at Paris and it would land in Madrid. It, it, it is it it is that bad. Um, and if you've got um, a dodgy gyro or three dodgy gyros, <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 really shady. And I'm and I'm really surprised um, that um, there's no um, GPS jamming or spoofing going on in um, Ukraine right now. Um, people are able to operate drones and, 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 and that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, the electromagnetic spectrum doesn't seem to be contested right now. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe probably someone, so, so someone else has a view on that. But, um, yeah, thanks for letting me speak. Cheers. I think Portland's got a lot of views on this. Uh, Portland? No. Nope. Uh, I'm going to meet your mic. Portland, go ahead. Uh, yeah, you don't have views on it? Portland, come in. He may be having a connection problem. Yeah, but so I guess, I mean, in my understanding, Kevin, like, I'm not a military guy like you, so maybe you know better than me, but right, in electronic warfare systems, there's two weaknesses, right? First is the energy budget. You've got to turn them on. Well, I guess there's like three. Energy budget plus it interferes with your own electronics, right? So when you're only turning it on if you know you need it for a specific, you know, situation. Um, so, the, and then the second is uh, that it, sort of creates an energy signature that's easily traceable. So once you flip that system on, it's lit up like a Christmas tree and a counter battery fire could, or, you know, not counter battery, but, you know, just an artillery round could take it out. And they have to be relatively close because of the inverse square law, right? Like you need to pump a lot of power out into the air to jam signals. So I think that's like, they can't be everywhere. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. So, so, so that was the case, like sort of back in like the late seventies, early eighties. Um, the so ownership of what we now call the digital battle space, you know, the um, electromag- the electromagnetic spectrum um, over a um, contested area. Um, you're absolutely right. Um, it, it it used to be um, okay. Who's got the um, <laughs> who's got the longest range radar? Who's got the um, you know who 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 can see over the horizon, but that that has completely changed in the past twenty years. Um, anyone um, listening to me now can, can uh, go onto um, you know Wiki or Google. Um, the way that electronic warfare works, um, if you are part of, okay, so say um, NATO, um, they have a thing called Link Sixteen. Um, it it is it is frequency hopping. It is it is constantly. It, it is designed not to be jammed. Um, and then you've got the Russians who are trying to figure out how to jam this thing. So it's, 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 it's kind of like, a, um, you know, how can I say this without lose, lose my job? Um, the, 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 be careful, Kev. We don't want we don't want you to say anything that would compromise any security. No, no, reports, no. So. But but I'd love to. But um, but yeah, and and, and I'm sure um, and I'm sure Portland is is probably having a bit of a laugh. But the the, the yeah the the West and Russia know the same science. We know the same um, electromagnetic uh, spectrum properties. We know how we know how to jam. Um, we know how to spoof. Uh, we know how but it's just that they they never over the past 30 years committed to serious assets and hardware like the west did i mean the usa um launched um uh, I, I can't even remember the number now but when um, gps first came out the only reason that gps became public 
is because a Korean uh, uh, 747 accidentally flew into um, Russian airspace and was shot down. <laughs> and that was only two, that was like, like you know, the, the late 70s. Um, so it's, it's pretty much a non-starter. The, 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 the capabilities of um, the UK, the US, um, Canada, Australia, France, New Zealand, et cetera, et cetera, um, we, we, we own um, basically the, well, every comms channel. Um, so when you see high mass strikes on command posts, people say, "Whoa, hey, how did they know that command post was there? Well, um, it was because they were emitting an awful lot of electromagnetic, <laughs> you know, like they, they, um, and if, if, if you look on, uh, you know, sort of if, just go on flight radar and you will see, um, you know, these drones that just flying around with the, 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 the black sea. Um, yeah. Um. I'll stop talking. I hope that I've helped. Um, if if anyone needs to know more, then just DM uh, me. But it's been a pleasure um, speaking to you all. Thank you. Yeah, definitely, Kev. I think um, maybe John can speak to this a little better if Portland comes back. But as far as I understand, and I could be mistaken about this, like Russia was having a lot of success in the Donbass for the eight-year campaign with their electronic warfare. Like they were relatively successful during that eight years because, in my understanding, it was you know a limited area that that this was happening it was a, a something that they could manage with their capacity but yeah. this new yeah. war is the front line is massive i mean it's basically if you actually stretch out the entire front line because it's this kind of con convex front line it's basically the eastern front it's like this the whole length of europe um if you stretch the whole thing out so it's so massive i think that russia just can't they just don't have the capacity the electronic warfare capacity to cover a a battle space that large but you know i'm not an i'm not an expert on electronic you're, warfare you're, but I you're mean, absolutely yeah. right you're you're absolutely right and it's not just um okay so let's look at the electromagnetic spectrum um you've got um say um a squad type comms system where you've got like you know uh VUHF, uh low power radios and then it goes up and up and up um and then ultimately you have um, or you should have, if you're a half decent army, um, a a um, a standoff um, aircraft, which is um, which which has the capability to 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 track uh, ground targets. And to have that capability, you also need to have the capability to counter your enemy's capability to try to counter you. So it's very 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 sophisticated. Um, and then you see these photographs online of 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 um, of, of sort of Russian troops uh, with like Motorola VUHFs that I could go down to the shop, uh, you know, go down to Tesco's and buy. And I'm like, well, okay, right. So they're not being jammed, but then I'm also seeing um, drones which are being de- deployed by the Ukrainians. Um, now that is quite high, but that that is pretty high bandwidth, and and they have to stay on the same frequency unless they're using frequency hopping, which I've never heard of. Uh, frequency hopping uh, drone. Um, now, Kev, real quick, just to clarify, when you say drones, do you mean quadcopters? Do you mean like yeah, quadcopters? Yeah, yeah. It, it's the uh, quadcopters, um, and they kind of you know, and it, it it's an absolutely perfect drop, and it lands right on the top of a tank, and I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's that, that's awesome. But that requires ownership of the electromagnetic spectrum, so that means that the Russians are not even attempting to jam the electromagnetic spectrum. And the reason that they're not is because they require it, right? So if so, if they jam it, 
they screw themselves. <laughs> like, they, they, like they can't solve it themselves. So yeah, it, it's, it's a little bit roundabout. I mean, it's, it's, it's not, you know, NATO versus um, NATO versus Russia, but, but the, the digital battle space is so important and, and so undervalued and so under, um, you know, people don't realize that, 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 that sending instant um, information about what you can see and if over the horizon another weapon platform can target something that you can see, this is what we've been developing over the last 20, 30 years. And now this is the ideal time that we can deploy this, except we're, we are all standing around the border of Ukraine with our arms crossed going, can we come in yet? <laughs> um, and it's absolutely devastating. Um, but yeah, yeah. Thanks for letting me speak. And um, yeah, anyone with uh, specific questions, yeah, please uh, just drop, drop, drop me a line. I was just going to briefly add on the electronic warfare uh, aspect of it that, that's totally outside my wheelhouse. But what uh, Portland has kind of communicated to me in one respect is that the Russians have been employing their electronic warfare capacity to an, currently an unknown extent. Um, they're definitely using it. Uh, he's commented before, you know, particularly when the battle uh, for Severodonetsk was ongoing, that he was having some issues viewing the area through uh, via synthetic aperture radar, and that it was all noise due to Russian electronic warfare measures. Yeah. So, so if if um, if you look at any um, satellite imagery, um, especially synthetic aperture radar, um, you can tell um, where the source of of the e- of either the EW jamming um, or or you can do two things. You can either jam the entire spectrum, um, which would you know screw you as much as your enemy. Um, or you can do something else, but 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 um, if you're looking from space from a satellite, um, what you will see is like a, a, a series of lines, um, and that is basically um, the it's 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 the signature of of the emitter um, that is trying to jam what you're trying to look at. So yeah, Portland's bang on. Yeah, he's he's absolutely right. Um, but. Uh, in modern warfare, you know, you, you 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 can throw explosives at each other, all that kind of carry on. But at the end of the day, if you know where your enemy is and they don't know where you are, then you have to communicate that data, and that means that you have to have control of that data, and that means that you have to work with your friends, I, you know, France, Finland. So you have to agree on how that data is going to be transmitted, and then you have to like it, it's it's super super complex. Whereas the Russians, like, <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's yeah, let Portland it, weigh in here. It's been a good conversation, Kevin. Let's let Portland weigh in. We got Herman uh, Heliana. Uh, Portland, go ahead. I have news. I am watching a train loaded with um, what looks like to be PT-91 twaddies. Um, lots of them uh, on their way into Ukraine from Poland. And what is that, Portland? Um, that is um, the best East Block derived main battle tank ever made. Lot and these are made oh, by hey. Poland. How long I'm counting them? Yeah, I counted twenty five uh, tank in that video. The the word is uh, from a uh, from a Polish um, uh, O-center, if you will, that. Um, the United States will be providing 250 used M1A1 Abrams in exchange for Poland sending 
its entire stockpile of 293 uh, PT-91s to Ukraine. Yeah, this is a really big deal because you will recall about 10 days ago I started saying um, that the the next really urgent need for uh, Ukraine was going to be tanks and other armored fighting vehicles. Well, bingo, they've got them. Now, I don't know where they're going to get the rest of the APCs from, but fuck it, that is a problem they can solve. I think uh, I got to break into that place in Tucson and uh, go steal some Bradleys. I mean, sure, let's all go. They can't kill all of us. <laughs> like a four-hour drive. Uh, let's go get some hands real quick. But I, I think Portland, uh, yeah, this is a good conversation. We could have we could have a, a big conversation about this. But uh, we'll we'll go to Heliana, and then we'll go to Herm. Heliana, go ahead. Actually, I had a really broad question for Kev, and if people have more specific ones for him, then I think those should go first. Yeah, I had a, just a brief comment. Uh, I see Joseph is up as co-host now, which means I can uh, uh, hop off for tonight. Um, but I just wanted to briefly uh, mention, um, in regards to the electronic warfare point, that um, the other thing is that the Russians themselves are using a lot of commercial drones. And so um, that's probably part of the reason they may not be using their electronic warfare capacities as much as they potentially could. Because if they do, they will take out their own drone. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Thank you, John, and uh, have a good night. We'll see you soon. Uh, Herm, go ahead. Uh, I think Heliana was uh, in front of me. Uh, Yuha, go ahead. Yeah, I just had a question. I think I wasn't ahead. Thanks for I know, right? So go ahead. <laughs> okay. Now, I just wanted to ask of these Polish tanks. Uh, have I understood right that they are some kind of upgraded uh, models of uh, like uh, oldish models uh, that the, the learning curve to manipulate them and use them is practically uh, sort of limited. <laughs> so they, they, they can be instantly used by the crews, tank crews, which are already in, in Ukraine. Right, are you talking about the Twadi specifically, uh, Yuha? Exactly, yeah. Right, yeah. So I think you're coming in a little uh, quiet there, Yuha, but I think just to repeat what you said, you said that like because they're uh, T-72s, but they're very upgraded, like they're very good tanks, but they don't require any kind of special training. Uh, Ukraine can use them right away. They don't need any any kind of uh, time to adapt their, their systems to any of it, right? Yeah, that, that was my question. Exactly. If no time, then at least just a little time. But basically, they are they uh, can be handled as the, the uh, existing models already. Yeah, I think, like, from what I've learned about tanks, that's that's my understanding. That, but I, I genuinely have a little bit of trouble understanding what makes... Some T7, not all, I understand that not all T72s are created equal, right? You have an old T72 from the first, you know, print. Then you have the T72B3, which is like the most modern Russian form. Then you have these twaddies, which seem to be the Polish modernization. And then, of course, you know, other countries have modernized versions. So it's hard for me to understand the difference between like the the, the base T73 and like these different versions but they have more sophisticated electronic systems for sure and of course they definitely have more sophisticated optics i imagine optics is a big part of it but yeah i've beats me uh her maybe you have something to add here but basically what i meant the, if, oh sorry go ahead a, you. it would be a smaller change than from from t72 to, to abrams for example but the, basically they they know already the the, the gear yeah definitely i, I think long term uh ukraine's probably going to transition to American tanks just because of the sheer number that are going to be required, right? This isn't, um, you know, uh, 
it's it's going to be a big army by the end of it. Like uh, General Ryan was talking about, you know, they need infantry fighting vehicles, but they need them on a scale that's like even bigger than what the U.S. Army does, just because it's a different kind of army, right? It's an artillery, you know, motorized slash mechanized infantry slash uh, um, artillery and then slash tanks, right? Like the, the, they need a lot of that stuff compared to most modern armies because they have to fight a land war in Europe, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think that that's part of the issue. But right now, because of, I would say, I would say mainly the weather, right? We're, we're going to have a situation where pretty soon it's going to start getting muddy. So if Ukraine is going to do a counteroffensive, they need to do it pretty quick. And so we, we need to get them up to speed quickly. And I think, quite frankly, if, if we're just starting right now, they probably don't have time to transition to NATO tanks. Infantry fighting vehicles, I think, are easier to use, to learn. Um, they're simpler, but, um, and I think also American tanks, as far as I understand, are maybe a little less complex, so probably a bit easier to um, integrate uh, no. overall. Go ahead. Sorry, I, 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 sorry, Joseph, I just had to say they, they are enormously more complex because they use, um, um, they use a different type of engine. Um, so in, in terms of uh, spares and repairs, um, the Abrams is, um, is, it costs more time um, to keep that tank in the field um, than say a Leopard or a Challenger. Um, sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, no worries. I think in terms of tanks, you're, you're probably right, Kevin. Uh, uh, in terms of infantry fighting vehicles, would you agree? I think General Ryan was just saying that the U.S. Uh, like uh, two infantry fighting vehicles, the A, I forget the APC mentioned, and the other one is the Bradley, of course. Those are simpler than a lot of the European ones. Uh, but uh, okay, so but are there num- sufficient numbers? Do you think of of those tanks if Ukraine that Ukraine needs? Uh, if if can we send them over? Um, if you're asking me, then. Um... Absolutely not. I mean, um, the UK has sent over um, what we were left with um, after we withdrew from Afghanistan, which was like, you know, sort of boxer vehicles and, um, you know, mine-affected, um, um, it, 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 it's called uh, MRAP. It's, it's, yeah, it, it's, so we're basically sort of drip-feeding them sort of like armoured vehicles and, and um, you know, uh, infantry fighting vehicles and, you know, maybe some... Um, like sort of 50 cal um aimed um cannon it's it's really half-arsed and and i really don't get it and 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 we've committed both europe and the us and i don't kind of get why we're kind of drip feeding this i mean to give another country high mars um but the uk to to give um you know um and law that 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 is serious western te- technology to just be thrown into um a a european battlefield and that marks a a real serious line um when 10,000 ukrainian troops have, are being trained in british bases um when the us is flying massive planes full of you know really serious um accurate and very deadly weapon systems to to the the middle of europe uh, this is not normal guys i mean i, I remember like back in 20, 20 2012 2014 none of this was a problem why <laughs> 2022 why is this a problem now i, I yeah so um yeah it's it, it's it's um it's only going to end one way um and once we send one anti-tank weapon we send two we send three then all of a sudden, um, you know, you've got um, 
you you you've got very serious um heavy artillery landing like high mars um then you've got more serious heart artillery i mean they've just bombed a a a maternity hospital i mean what what are we gonna what what next um so yeah i'll i will wind my neck in um and i will not talk again um for probably the next 12 hours but um I think you kind of get my my feelings on on this, and also understand my 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 insights. But the the this <laughs> there is a political and there is a military aspect to this whole scenario, um, and there is absolute catfights going on um, both in Whitehall and Washington, um, and in um, the um, capitals of Europe. Um, I don't think I can say much more, but yeah, thanks for the opportunity to speak, and um, I hope everyone is good tonight. Thank you. Kev, could you please, sorry to in- interrupt here and uh, inject here, could you please stay up as a speaker for our technical questions? And I also wanted to acknowledge we all are feeling pretty devastated today um, and yesterday after what's been happening, um, and we completely agree with you know the whole we needed to be arming ukraine faster earlier better um and so i just wanted to acknowledge that because i think we're all thank you um please stay on as a speaker if if you can because you know some of us have technical questions that it sounds like you're very capable of answering and um and i think you could be contributing um, that to to the space if if you're willing to do. That. I uh, uh, thank you very 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 much. Um, I, this is the best thing that I have ever found on the internet. Um, I've never met any of you in person. I I don't know what any one of you look like, but this conversation has been going on for so long, and I can just log in, and I can hear people, and I don't even know who you are or where you are, and I I find myself smiling and thinking. It's not just me. There are other good people out there, and this is wrong, and this is right, um, and that means a great deal to me. And I'm sure it means a great deal to a lot of other people on 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 this channel. And um, you know, sort of the hosts. I mean, I mean, they put so much time in. Um, I'm sure everyone's got lots of stuff to say. So, yeah, I mean, thank you. Um, I really appreciate that, and 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 I will stick around. And if anyone does have any. Um, technical questions um i'm an sme on um on the water warfare uh you know um anything that um has a rocket behind it basically um so thank you very much i really appreciate that i i just wanted to chime in that the uh, thanks Kev, for your expertise and thanks for joining the space i and uh, what you just said that about the the delayed and slow pace of uh sending this this equipment to the ukraine that is I, I can't understand it. If they have it, why don't they send it? Really, for since like like months ago, if if they have seen that what Russia is doing right away, and they know what kind of uh, capabilities Russia has in in numbers, then why haven't why is this response so slow? <laughs> really, what I mean, I think that uh, Russia is has weaponized the. Uh, the, the administrative and law-abiding uh, nature of, of Western states. For example, there, there was this, this, this gear which was supposed to come from Spain, and then uh, Germany said, no, 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 you can't send it there. And, you know, 
all these kind of things that uh, if uh, if the Western countries would have done or acted as Russia does, and Germany has opposes, for example, uh, Spain sending some some tanks to to uh, Ukraine, then Spain would have said, "Fuck you, Germany. We will send them now. <laughs> Let's deal with the the consequences later." And but but uh, the West is just too law-abiding and every every agreement is held and everything has to be negotiated and everything has to be a parliamentary accepted you know and russia just uh does what they, they they just break every single law and every single agreement which ever has been uh, signed in, in uh, anywhere in the world i think it's just just absolutely ridiculous okay stop oh, this, this was the end of the rant <laughs> thanks Thank you for the rant, Yuha. And we've got uh, Doman joining us for the start of the European shift soon. Welcome, Doman. Hi, Joseph. Um, is there a summary of what ended up happening overnight? Uh, I know there were three, I believe, uh, waves of strikes in Dnipro. Uh, is, is there, are there any details from that? Uh, and also, I believe there were also strikes on Odessa, possibly strikes somewhere in Kiev Oblast. Maybe just Bilaserka, maybe somewhere else as well. Slava, uh, I think, yeah, Slava, go ahead. I'm just in just few minutes posted a great summary of what happened in the Ukraine uh, in the past 24 hours. Uh, I will try to read to you. Uh, so a lot of happened. So I just try to summarize just a second. Um, <clears throat> The enemy continues to destroy civilians' objects, shelling 11 uh, regions of Ukraine in, in 24 hours. Uh, so what happened? Um, the enemy launched a missile attack on Odessa region from 295 strategic aircraft from the direction of the Stavropol. As a result, missiles uh, previously KH-101 hitting the production of trading company, a fire broke out in an area of about uh, 1,000 square meters. In the Kyiv region, an anti-aircraft missile was shot down in the sky over the Belotserkiv uh, district uh, yesterday evening. There is no casualties or damage. Debris fell into the field. In the Poltava region yesterday, uh, yesterday around 2100 uh, hours, Explosion ran out in the Kremenchuk area, but so far there is no information about the object uh, being hit, destruction, or casualties. Uh, in the Chernihiv region, Russia shelled the territory near the village of the Zalizny Mist of Novgorod Siversky district with the mortar at night. At night uh, there are no casualties or damage. Um, there is a full article. I will try to maybe add some more, but it's a long article because a lot of happened uh, in the past 24 hours. So, um, thank you. Thank you, Slavo Grini. Yeah, I, I followed everything. Um, is, there, uh, is there a summary of what ended up coming through in, in, in Dnipro? Is there really what, what I'm asking is? is so, I wanted to add, Doman, we had a guest. We had a guest speaker here who was actually in Dnipro. Uh, I already forgot the name. Uh, Slava, could you just talk about a little bit of what they said? Go ahead. Or oh, I also missed missed uh, when there was talk about the um, Dnipro. 
I was just missing, uh, called Cibulia, Rusnia, Pizda, uh, uh, but it was great. It, it absolutely, I hope he is returned because it uh, absolutely great story, great uh, information. And I'm sorry, cannot provide, cannot repeat because I missed when it was a, when it was talk about the Dnipro. So I'm sorry. Yeah, if anyone, if anyone heard like, it was there for that. And you want to come up and just say a little bit to Delman what the, he shared with us. That might be really useful. I was, uh, yeah, kind of half asleep, but I just kind of woke up and everyone was like, we need a co-host. So I just jumped in. Uh, so anyway, Yuha, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I have just one question. Uh, has anyone seen, uh, normally I don't, uh, I'm not interested in Russian news and Russian propaganda, but basically just for entertainment value, have they already published any any explanations for for the targeted civilian uh, targets in the past days like like the universities and whatever have the universities now been denazified or or where they weapons storages or what, what do they have any any has there been any mention of these uh, hits on civilian targets in the has anyone seen in russian press uh, yes, not directly the primary sources, but uh, following a couple of Russian accounts, if you want an update from that side. Just that, uh, have they uh, delivered any explanations or excuses for, for targeting the civilian uh, infrastructure? Uh, sure, sure, sure. So the university was the headquarters of the National Guard, I believe, and there was a, a NATO um, summit in that hospital in, uh, uh, in East Ukraine that was hit, that there were uh, NATO um, agents there uh, discussing with Ukrainian um, general so what to do next and yeah things like that so the bullshit basically so, the usual stuff okay thanks for that um joseph do you mind if i uh, read that it's a translation of a telegram post by a russian soldier joseph go ahead Dominic. so this is uh this is about 24 hours ago so it was before the strikes and the thing doesn't mention nikolaev either um and here is the following I remember when we used the Tochkau to strike the railway station in Kramatorsk. Yeah, yeah, we were armed with Tochkau, no matter what we said. They didn't understand. There were area bombardments of maternity hospital in Mariupol. They didn't understand. Strike the shopping mall in Kremenchuk. Send big regards to Vinitsia today. It's been already four months since we were performing infrastructure and residential building destruction in Ukraine. Ukrainians, and he doesn't say Ukrainians, he says something else. You're a sadomasochist. Isn't it better to just understand and accept the situation and be the obedient junior brother? And it's not even worth trying to find behind the stories of fascism and Nazism because everybody perfectly understands it. We are restoring historical justice. You are the underclass Russians, right? This this is the real explanation. I mean, the other official explanation, that right, this is the, the, the end quote in, in, in between. There is no there is no real explanation. The explanation is that Russians in hell bent on genocide of Ukrainians. I know you know this, you have I'm just jumping in on this because I was just reading this fifteen minutes ago. Yeah, thank you. That and, that, that is that expresses quite quite clearly what's what's they, they don't even claim that they would not hit uh, civilian targets, but they that I don't know what the source is, but anyway it says quite clearly that they deliberately and they know that they hit civilian targets with a purpose, with a terroristic purpose. Thank you. Exactly. It's, it's, it's just some Russian soldier with you know, 7,000 people following him on Telegram. That's that never heard of him before. Hopefully, hopefully never hear from him again. Right. But it's the official sources, you know, the Russian government's going to say something else because it has to, because it does has a performative function. Um, 
the uh, official Kremlin map pieces are probably going to say something else because they have a performative function. Uh, but we, we know what the real reasons are and the Russians know what the real reasons are. And the Russian soldiers know what the real reasons and intents uh, behind doing this are. It is to cause as much death among the Ukrainians as possible, to cause as much destruction among the Ukrainians as possible. Um, it's because they don't consider Ukrainians worthy of living because they have, bit, bit, you know, what they would say, betray Russianness because they have disobeyed the great Russia um, and therefore they should be punished by all being killed and if not just killed, also tortured and raped. Um, no, it's this isn't an overstatement. This is what they say themselves. Back to you. Thank you, Doma. Let's go to Slava. Slava, go ahead. Slava, Ukraine. Hello, uh, Slava. And to follow the Doman, and they do not gonna change. They still gonna stay to this their own beliefs, and they always gonna bring this like a smaller brother, and it's gonna be kept for for them. So they do not gonna change. They should be. Uh, they should be isolated. Uh, and about the update to the Dnipro, as you asked, uh, so short. Uh, um, yesterday evening, Russian troops uh, launched a missile attack on Dnipro. Uh, air defense shot down four of the six missiles. Two, two uh, hit an industrial enterprise and a nearby street. Three people died. Sixteen were injured. Uh, their fire at enterprise is being extinguished. Uh, in the morning, in the Russian shelter uh, Nikopol, from the Hrads, uh, 19 high-rise buildings, uh, our school and vocational uh, school were damaged. One person is injured, two are under the rubbles. Thank you. Thank you, Slav. Let's go to Harm. Harm, go ahead. Uh, thank you. And so uh, the last two days were pretty bad, in my opinion. Um, uh, was, yeah, well, anyway, that's what Russians do. They are trying to, like, um, lay down a lot of destruction to force and whatever type of um, treaty they can get out of the situation right now. They, they're just trying to, yeah, cause destruction and um, pressure surrender or terms of conditions, whatever. Not, yeah. And that's what's expected, and that's... I guess their reaction to the um, HIMARS entering the uh, the theater and they caused them some significant pain and now they just want to cause pain back. That's that's at least how I see it. And that's um, yeah, it's, I don't want to talk about that. Um, so for the Polish tanks that are arriving today, that was uh, really good news. Um, so it was in the talks already for a couple of weeks. I'm not really sure if that's on top of the 200 T-72s they were sending earlier, like uh, last month or two months ago, or are those the same so, tanks? I'm, I'm so as far really as I understand, you have, they're different, like they're they're better. Yeah. Um, but Doman, can, can you sure. explain the difference between sure. the Twadi and the other? Oh, go ahead, you have. So the, the difference, oh, I read up a little bit on those, so... <clears throat> I'm not um, sure why they still had those original or um, modified T-72s and now this the lonely versions, or um, how they call them, sorry, I forgot. 
So what those are, they're sending um, today where the news came out. That, that is when they took this um, really shitty T-72 design and um, put the best effort in to bring it up to NATO specs in terms of electronics, optics, um, targeting um, systems. So they, they really put a lot of effort in and make them as modern as they can. And in the absence of any other tanks, they, they could. So they, they gave basically away their crown jewels in, in terms of tank warfare to Ukraine. And from what I hear, they gave them all of them, which is great. Uh, which is not a day where you feel really inferior being a German national, um, I guess. Okay. Um, I had a question earlier to um, um, John and Portland. I'm not sure if there's, if Kev or anybody else uh, wants to chime in on that. Um, this about the M270s they came into the theater. Um, so, can, can just wait a second. is there actual confirmation of the targets being sent? There, y- yes, that one video. we saw video. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, we saw a video of 25. Go ahead. No, but that so I asked someone, I think, Imperius, yeah, I asked Imperius, and he says he's not even entirely sure that these are targets because something looks a bit different on them than usually looks on targets. I forget what he said. But there was something. So, um, the, and there is only one video, and I wouldn't consider that confirmation enough myself. Just maybe I'm a bit more cautious than, than most, but you know. I, I but find I mean, at this point, the Poles don't um, have anything else left in terms of tanks. They already sent the rest to Ukraine in size and numbers. They don't have much left in those. Yeah, okay, fair enough. That's a, it's a, it's a fair point. I would just think that, you know, maybe they're just also moving them within their country, or maybe it's an old... Apparently, it's not an older video. Apparently, it's a new video that, uh, that just came out, uh, not previously published in previous years. Anyway, sorry, I'll carry on with the M270s. I, I just w- want to, like, pump the brakes just a little bit. I'll no just problem, tell you no what John said, which is that uh, they're, they're replacing the Polish... Uh, tanks with american tanks and and correct uh, backfilling with Abrams, yeah right so that's all all i know i think you probably might have uh i don't think you john knows anything you don't though doman so i think i would go with your your assessment uh, sorry go ahead Herman. all righty so uh, the question i had is um so we have the high mouth now for three weeks active or something like that and the ukrainians have been using them um, for strategic targets uh, deep strikes high value targets like people said they should be used for um, going for the ammunition depots, command infrastructures, um, uh, logistics, um, um, so on and so forth. So they, they did a pretty good job on that. And um, so last night, Dominic, uh, for, for your update, um, from all those things that, um, that they were shooting on the Ukrainian side, um, most in civilian infrastructure, there, there wasn't really any... Um, release of data in terms of video footage or um, reports that that the high most have actually been used um, that came out publicly which um, tells me that uh, either they really didn't use them or they um did some more spooky stuff so um i don't know um what do you want to talk to them that's uh, like something that doesn't go in a big boom and makes a great video that's going to be shared on the internet so that was probably and the operational targets um, from the last night, um, which I find interesting because it tells me that uh, from all those ammo depots, Ukrainians already got the share that they wanted to reach and move to the next item of the bucket list. And that that is um, quite uh, fascinating to me because I like that. 
So the question I had to the more um, technical people, so I was reading a little bit up on those um, M270s and HIMARS, the abilities of the Gimler rockets, and um, um, what was the, the question that I that formed in my mind was, when, you, when you're done with those single high-value targets and you want to go for something like a, a troops and um, amassments, would you go, the Russians are not parking all the tanks and the artillery right next to each other. And those things are um, GPS guided. So if you imagine you have now a battlefield, let's say it's 20 square kilometers front line, and you can make out in, in pretty much real time or very close to that, where all those uh, vehicles are, could you use, let's say, two of those M270 units, make 24 rockets, and taking out a whole bunch of those uh, 2S5s, 2S7s, 2S3s, the, the artillery, um, uh, electronic warfare units, whatever's left, and um, uh, armored vehicles, and just uh, inflict damage on the on the actual fighting force in order to support a uh, an attack. Uh, is it possible that you shoot like 24 missiles in completely different targets over a large area? I think Kerr's going to tell us about the cluster munitions now. Um... Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, so um, just so in a proper peer-on-peer warfare um, that is that has a front line of hundreds of miles long. Um, okay, you start with logistics. <laughs> wars, you know, it's it, it's the old uh, it's the old it's the old cliche. Wars are are won by logistics, but. Uh, it, I'm I'm not really sure what your question was getting at. You you were saying, um... yeah. But I'll summarize it. So, can each missile, and I think this is the question, Herm. Uh, just if you can confirm really quick, and then we'll go to Kevin. Uh, can each missile hit an individual target with GPS guides? Is that your question, Herm? Uh, confirmed. So, twenty-four missiles launched at the same time and spreading out over a battlefield and taking out, I'd say, an entire artillery battery and the tanks in front of it. In the five minutes. Okay, so so so, um, can I just take thirty seconds just to explain um, the difference be- between? Um, okay, so things on the battlefield move really quickly, and um, so targeting is 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 done um, based on um, immediate intelligence. There's a difference between that and um, say something like Storm Shadow or Tomahawk, where people take weeks to plan what the what what the target is is going to be. They, they can turn around the corner, they can fly over mountains, they can go around the river. So there's two different types of, of uh, modes of attack, depending on how much time you have to respond to where your enemy is positioned. So yes, High Mars is, um, they are destroying these massive ammo dumps that, <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous, that, like they're at the end of railheads. Um but the Russians will will learn from that. That will not happen next week. Um, so um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. You sure. Thank, Thank you, Kev. <laughs> but um, I, I think so, her, you I have think a TB two of that. Yes. According to Portland, yes. The answer to your question is they can each target an individual thing. As Kevin said, that might be difficult because the things might be moving. But in theory, you can. You say this missile, you go here. Dot. This missile, go here. Dot. This missile, go here. Dot. Kev, could you confirm that for me real quick? If you, each each missile yeah, in the whole I pod can go to a unique target. That, that is in a um, that is in a EW environment where you are not being spoofed or jammed by GPS. Um, but 
we do have fallback options for that, which are obviously classified. Um, but yeah, we can basically, in any electronic warfare um, denied environment, um, put a weapon, a very big weapon, um, on it on a target within a CEP of about, um, I don't know, between here and my TV. <laughs> okay, thanks. And then at this point, sorry, Kev, should we delve a little bit into the various types of um, anti-armor cluster munitions that the, the HIMARS can, can carry, right? There's the um, tungsten balls, and then there's the shaped charges, um, which are in use by the US, I guess, but maybe not by various European um, um, so operators. So HIMARS is a totally US uh, system. Um there are various different um, warheads that, that they place on the missile, but it's 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 the it's the missile um, and the software and hardware package that puts that missile where it needs to be that is important. Exactly, exactly. And then you know when you're when you're not striking like an ammo dump or a command post, which is a stationary target, like you said, things on the battlefield move relatively quickly. If you have a uh, a field that's full of tanks or or artillery pieces, right? you're more likely to be using the um, not the unitary warhead, not the one big bomb strapped to the end of a, of a missile, uh, but rather be using either the uh, cluster bombs, either the tungsten balls, uh, which are non-explosive, obviously, um, or the ones with shaped charges, because those are the ones that are going to be a lot more effective against the, the massive No, armor, well, right? so, so um, this is a really unique situation. So you're talking about like shape, shape charges and, 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 and that kind of thing. Well, um, the UK has, has a doctrine of um, flying very many RAF planes over the fields of Germany and dropping loads and loads and loads of Brimstone Mark III um, to destroy. And by the way, Brim, the, Brim, the Brimstone weapon system, each individual weapon speaks to each to another weapon and they decide between themselves which tank that they're going to kill this is a seriously good weapon system and that and and that that is just one um so uh, it's 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 just it it, it it's a non-starter it, it i really can't um you know yeah so you obviously cannot make a um a high mars or an m270 act like a brimstone but it's assume you have eyes on the ground let's say tb2 or some random satellite uplink data feed that comes from somewhere yeah and you, you know where the stuff is you can take out uh, let's say the entire support vehicles for an entire sector front and then march through right yeah so it it kind of depends so 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 with 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 high mars i mean once those rockets are in the air they are pre-targeted um they they 